Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear, and we provide two updates each week on this channel called Prophecy Countdown. Now, on Sundays, our message premieres at 1 p.m., and then on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is the Tribulation Temple, and we'll be talking, taking a look at what could also be called the Temple of the Antichrist. Now, as the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts typically have a, a prophecy thread. We love answering questions related to prophecy, actually any question related to the Bible or theology. Uh, just send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I answer all of these uh, inquiries and these emails myself. I enjoy it. So uh, let us know some, whatever your question is in the likelihood, just like today, that's how we get a lot of our topics. So today, I want to answer a question that we have uh, received regarding uh, in the, the efforts in Jerusalem by some to rebuild a temple often called the third temple. This topic is closely related to a question that was asked and answered a few months ago uh, about the red heifers that were being secured and sent to Jerusalem to be used in the temple. It was used in connection with the rebuilding of the temple and a purification process. Um, you know, for years, the, the uh, temple institute in Jerusalem has been preparing the implements and materials for Third Temple. According to a number of different sources, they are getting very, very close. Now, Israeli 365 News has also reported, and I like this, that DNA testing has been done over the past few years, and it was successful in identifying a segment of the Jewish population today that carries the priestly lineage going all the way back to Aaron. Now, I'm not sure how they do it, but I'm not a, I'm not a biologist. I'm a pastor, but I'll just take their word for it that they've been able to find some way to be able to identify this priestly lineage. You know, in the past few years, again, according to a, a number of sources, all of the implements necessary uh, for temple sacrifices to resume have been prepared and set aside. So, for example, the dishes, the candles, the menorah, the robes for the priest, the table of showbread that holds the 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel, the golden wash basin that is used by the priests. Um, everything has been prepared. Uh, all that's needed is the temple and the actual sacrificial animals. Now, some find this, this idea of a third temple to be extremely interesting. And it's interesting from two, for two different groups for two completely different reasons. For the Jews, that's the first group, uh, they've been without a temple, as you know, since 70 AD. As a result, their, their religion has actually changed from a religion that was based on a sacrificial atonement um, to a memorial. 
The Seder of Passover dinner, for example, if you've attended a, a Seder in the past or have read, on, read up on it, our, our church used to do a Seder every year, what we called a what's a Seder, just to give people an idea about what the Seder was all about. The Seder, for example, is a memorial primarily uh, recounting the story of Exodus. Uh, but it also has a few interesting items that are on the Passover plate. So for example, the two items that in particular is a roasted egg and a shank bone. Now the roasted egg uh, represents, in fact, they both represent the, the old temple and the sacrificial system. And remember the temple was actually sacked and burned by, by the Romans under a general named Titus in 70 AD. And this was, this was the Passover service that became the Seder. Now, many Gentiles are unaware that the one dish that cannot be served at the Seder, which is a Passover meal, is lamb. And the reason for that is because the lamb was sacrificed at the temple, and there is no temple, therefore no lamb. Now, they can have lamb any other day, but not for the Passover. So for the last 2,000 years, this Seder has, has represented. Now the other thing is, is, the, is the roasted egg, and the roasted egg actually represents not only new life, but also represents that it's roasted, the fire of the temple. Now, the other group that this should be interesting to are people like you and me, evangelical Christians. And I'm really referring to this segment of Christianity called evangelical Christians. And we typically would rely on a more literal interpretation of the Bible. So when we say third temple, we're making a reference to a temple that is to be standing in Jerusalem at the midpoint of the tribulation, which is a seven-year period of trials and struggles, not only for Israel, but really for the, all the people that are dwelling on the earth. Now, the Bible clearly teaches that the new temple, again, we call it the third temple, will be built soon. It's called the third temple because the first temple was built by Solomon, and was destroyed in 586 B.C. Uh, by the Babylonians. And the second temple uh, was built by uh, Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel, about 70 years after the original de deportation, after the Jews returned from the Babylonian captivity. Now, this modest temple that Zerubbabel assembled was greatly enhanced and expanded um, hundreds of 500 years later by Herod the Great. Herod the Great made Jerusalem his pet project and spent literally what today would be literally hundreds of millions of dollars in not only the gates and the streets and the, and the buildings in Jerusalem, but he spent a significant amount of effort on the temple. Now this temple that, that Herod uh, enlarged is actually the second temple because sacrifices never ended. And the second temple was destroyed by the Romans as Jesus had prophesied in 70 AD. Now, in the Bible, there are three specific, specific references to this tribulation era temple. The prophet Daniel refers to this temple when he says this in Daniel 9.27. He says, the prince who is to come now we know that person as the Antichrist will enter it and stop the sacrifices in the middle of the tribulation. You can read that in 927. In fact, let me read that passage to you and I'll narrate it as we go. 
so in verse 27, Daniel says this. He says, he, now he's referring to the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Now, when Daniel talks about one seven, he's referring to one week or one uh, week of years or seven years. Um, so he'll, con he'll, have, he'll confirm a covenant with many for one seven. And in the middle of the seven, the middle means halfway or three and a half years into this tribulation, he will put an end to sacrifice and offerings. And at the, at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed uh, by, by, until the end that is decreed. Now, one of the interesting and important aspects of this prophecy of Daniel, and again, this is Daniel chapter 9, is at the time of Jesus, and this is well documented, the religious leaders had assumed and had taught that this prophecy of Daniel had already been fulfilled. It had been filled by Antiochus, Epiphany. Uh, who was a Greek ruler who erected an altar of Zeus on top of the on top of the altar of the temple and, and sacrificed a pig on it in on December 16, 1967. You know, this clearly desecrates the temple. Now in Mark chapter 13, in the New Testament, and also in Mark uh, Matthew 20, chapter 24, Jesus mentions Daniel's prophecy. And this is what Jesus has to say. Jesus says, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, and in my Bible it has it in quotes because it's quoting Daniel 9.27. Jesus is quoting Daniel 9.27, spoken of through the prophet Daniel. This is what Jesus says. Let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetops go down to lake to take anything out of their houses, let no one in the field go back to get their cloaks. So Jesus is prophesying that just as Daniel had spoken about the, the abomination that causes desolation, that this will happen at some time in the future. Now, Antiochus, the Greek ruler, certainly desecrated the temple, you know, back in 167 BC. However, when we see Jesus speaking of this, it's a future event. And this event is still in the future because it's never happened yet. We can only conclude that Antiochus was not the fulfillment of the script of this prophecy by Daniel, but was a type, a type of the Antichrist, a type of the Antichrist. And this abomination that causes desolation is still to come. Therefore, it will happen halfway through the tribulation as Daniel predicted. And here's the thing, it also means that in order to desecrate the temple, there must be a temple standing in Jerusalem at the halfway point in the tribulation. Now the other reference, I told you there was a number of references in the Bible about this third temple. Another reference is uh, through the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul mentions the man of lawlessness. This man of lawlessness is known as, we know him as the Antichrist. And he says that he'll profane the temple by entering it and declaring himself to be God. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Now, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more on that in just a minute. But a third reference is in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is told to measure the temple that he sees. And this is during, he's seeing what's happening during the, the tribulation. And this is not Ezekiel's temple. In fact, he measures it, and it's considerably smaller. This is in Revelation chapter 11. This is what it says, beginning in verse 1. 
John says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given over to the Gentiles. They will trample the holy city for 42 months. You know, when I, when I read this, and hopefully when you read this and you see these things with such great specificity about what's going to happen at some time in the future, you've got to realize, for example, that these, this 42 months is just another reference in the book of Revelation about the midway point or one half of the tribulation. It's just one other piece of the puzzle. You know, one half of seven years is three and a half years or 42 months. Now, I know that one of the questions that I often get, is there a connection between the timing of the what we know as the rapture of the church and the third Jerusalem temple? It's a good question. The Bible actually doesn't give us any clues except to say that the rapture, now, for those of you that don't like that term, uh, just when I say rapture, just think of resurrection of the saints because that's basically what it is. The rapture is nothing more than the resurrection of the saints. This rapture must occur before the revelation of the Antichrist. The Apostle Paul tells us this in 2 Thessalonians, that the church, the body of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit is actually holding back the iniquity of the last days. Paul says it this way in 2 Thessalonians beginning, uh, in chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. He says, and you know. See, Paul is telling the Thessalonians something that he had told them before. And he's reminding them of one of his previous sermons. Okay, think of it that way. Paul is saying, you know, remember I preached this before? What restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Okay, that phrase. He who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then Paul continues just to make sure we don't misunderstand. He says, then, meaning afterwards, that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. You see, Paul just took the Antichrist and condensed it into one verse and said he's coming, but the Lord is going to destroy him with the breath of his mouth. Now, the term restrainer that's used in this verse, number seven, refers, I believe, and many scholars believe, to the body of Christ, who through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Remember, Paul says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells every believer. And this presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of every single believer on this planet is restraining the evil one. However, the body of Christ itself will be removed at the rapture. And this will take place prior, Paul says, to the revealing of the Antichrist. Therefore, believers alive today will not know the Antichrist identity. While we live on the earth, we may see the third temple, we may see the foundations of it or the structure being built or the plans being made. We may see on the news that there's a temple being built, uh, but we will not see actually who this Antichrist is. Now remember, the Antichrist is the one that makes the covenant with many. That's what Daniel says. And there are a lot of scholars that believe that this 
covenant with many, not only for seven years, not only has to do with peace in Jerusalem, but somehow is the green light, the go-ahead for the building of this temple. That's a, that's a likely scenario, it really is. When you think that the temple needs to be built, uh, of course, if you try to build it right now, that's going to be World War III, but the temple needs to be built before the before the midpoint of the tribulation because there has to be sacrifices that are stopped and abomination made again like antiochus did uh just desecrating the temple so this has to be done and many believe that this peace treaty or this covenant with many that the antichrist brokers will have something to do with the temple very possible now as i close i know that as we do these these podcasts, as we do these videos, we're always speaking to a number of people that belong to churches um, that teach, so they have been told that there's no reference in the Bible to the third temple. You know, when I was doing some research on this, I just Googled third temple in the Bible, and I came up with a number of scholarly articles written by well-meaning Christians that said, oh, there's no reference to a temple in the Bible. Well, the reason is, my friends, is because they don't, take the Bible literally. These people will also tell you that there's no rapture spoken of in the Bible or say the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, that's just a straw man. The word rapture is specifically in the Bible. You just have to get a Latin Vulgate to be able to see it. You know, these are the same teachers in the same churches that were likely surprised when Israel was born as a nation on May 14th of 1948 because for hundreds of years they had, they had ignored the prophecies that Israel would be regathered. Uh, they took that as allegory. They don't take the, uh, the Bible literally. They take it as symbolically. They take it as allegory. You know, they fa when, when, when people fail to take the Bible literally, when it makes perfect sense, as a result, they end up with nothing but nonsense. You like that quote? When you fail to take the Bible literally, when it makes common sense, all you're left in the end is nonsense. So my friends, I'm here to assure you that Jesus is coming soon. Our response to this biblical truth is to lift our heads and say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let me pray. Father God, I wanna thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to speak about the third temple, to take a look at the Bible and see what it clearly says about your plans for the future. We don't know exactly where, we don't know exactly when this is all going to happen, but we trust in your word and we trust in your prophecies and we give you all the praise and glory for that. We do pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we give you all the praise until your kingdom comes. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.